Thank you so much for joining me. This is Neil Parks, your host for Paranormally Speaking. This week's episode is a bit different. This is volume five of the very best of, uh, the very best of interviews, information I've shared, stories I've read, stories I've written, the things I've told you out of this world and informative facts, things you may have missed the first time. And this gives you a chance to hear it again or for the very first time. And if you're hearing it again, maybe you'll hear something you missed the first time. So enjoy the show. And once again, I'm your host, Neil Parks. And please stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. A Russian doctor suggests that Yeti could have killed a group of hikers One of the more fantastic theories for what may have caused the infamous pass incident is getting another look thanks to a Russian doctor who says that a Yeti could have caused the tragic event. Over the last 60 years, historians and armchair researchers have offered no shortage of possible explanations for what could have killed nine hikers in the Ural Mountains back in 1959. Although ideas such as an avalanche or a weapons test gone awry are usually treated as plausible. The proverbial snowman hypothesis has been largely dismissed as merely an example of just how outlandish the speculation can sometimes get. However, a fascinating new investigation by a Russian media outlet explores the often derided idea that a Siberian Sasquatch could have somehow led to the hiking party's mysterious demise. The surprisingly lengthy piece was inspired by the musings of what the outlet calls an eminent doctor, who postulated that the rib injuries sustained by two of the dead hikers were the result of a large creature squeezing their chest in a manner similar to an adult inadvertently hurting a child by embracing them with too much force. Alas, it is entirely understandable, considering the allegedly renowned doctor opted not to reveal his name for fear of being ridiculed. Nonetheless, this bold assertion that Bigfoot might be to blame for the incident apparently led reporters to look into such a scenario, and in turn, they uncovered several fascinating witness accounts of a Sasquatch-like creature known as Kampolan lurking in the region. One such account came from a local historian who recalled camping in the Ural Mountains and discovering massive barefoot prints outside his tent in the morning as well as a tall tree nearby that inexplicably twisted into a spiral. Others recalled actually spotting the creatures and described them as one might expect tall, bipedal, and hairy. Quite a few residents from the region 
who were willing to share their knowledge of the Kampolan ascribed a number of almost supernatural abilities to these creatures, bearing an uncanny resemblance to the North American tales of Bigfoot. One individual noted that mysterious cryptids are close. The person experiences a hypnotic suggestion, which causes fear or even panic. Another witness described seeing the beast vanish before their eyes, as if they evaporated into thin air. Chillingly, several people <clears throat> blame the creature for mysterious disappearances in the area, and one even went as far as to share a classic challenging story in which a human baby was seemingly switched with that of a Kampolan. Although it is still seems highly unlikely that the past incident could have been caused by a Yeti encounter, the Kampolan accounts of the people in the region are rather fascinating since a good number of the tales are almost certainly being shared with the world for the first time ever. And so we are probably <clears throat> owe some gratitude to the mysterious doctor who dared to go there and in turn help to unearth a slew of sensational and unheard of stories of the mysterious Sasquatch-like creature said to lurk in the mountains of Siberia. Fear of the dark. It's a common fear that so many people share. It's a common one. One of the reasons darkness can be so scary is that our eyes tend to play tricks on us when the lights are low. A jacket hanging on the door can easily morph into what looks like a person, or a pillow stuffed under your blankets can appear as someone lurking in your bed. Sometimes it's easy to debunk these visions as your imagination. Um, thank goodness, I guess. But what if you saw something shadowy that wasn't a trick of light? Dark, shadowy, humanoid figures. Figures like these are actually known as shadow people. And to many people who have studied them or experienced them firsthand, they are very real and extremely terrifying. Ever had the experience of reading or watching television when suddenly from the periphery of your vision, you see what appears to be a shadowy figure moving in the room, even for a moment? Again, it's easy to, to chalk these experiences to your eye playing tricks on you or the reflection of a passing car. But countless people around the world have reported eerily similar sightings, some of them highly specific. Thus, the mystery of the shadow people has captivated the minds of paranormal friends everywhere. So exactly what are shadow people and how real can they possibly be? The term used to describe these alleged beings was apparently coined by author Heidi Hollis, who has penned several books on paranormal phenomena. Shadow people have been around since the beginning of time and are a dark influence upon society, Hollis said in an interview with radio show Coast on Coast to Coast AM. And it appears that these beings have, in fact, been around throughout history as descriptions of shadowy human-like figures have appeared in folklore dating back to ancient times. For example, the Quran mentions pitch-black sapient beings that aren't entirely spiritual or physical, and people in ancient Europe reportedly believed that shadow beings desired blood and without it couldn't be reborn. And in modern times, reports from people claiming to have seen these people, these beings themselves, come from all over the world. 
Most of these shadow creatures appear through our periphery vision, and people who see them are often unable to describe in detail the features of these mystical entities, apart from their human-like forms and the occasional reports of fiery red eyes, explained Beyond Science TV. Similarly, in Hollis' book about shadow people, titled The Secret War, she describes them as dark silhouettes with human shapes and profiles that flicker in and out of peripheral vision. But it appears that people have begun to see shadow people in more detail in recent times, perhaps because the beings are, for whatever horrifying reasons, making themselves seen more and more. People are beginning to see them straight on and for longer periods of time, explained Thodco on its website, which also notes the appearance of red eyes on the shadow beings being prevalent. There are, of course, many theories about what shadow people come from and whether or not they are even real. Skeptics note that seeing shadow people can simply be chalked up to sleep paralysis, which is straight-up terrifying in its own right. I don't care how much people explain it away. Heightened emotional states or sleep deprivation as people who have experienced these psychological or um, physiological conditions have noted a correlation. Although, if I might add, it still doesn't fully explain why they are seeing the same creepy kind of thing, right? And of course, there's always the explanation that your peripheral vision is basically guaranteed to play tricks on you because it's designed to detect motion and movement, not detail. It's likely that you could make mountains out of molehills, or, in this case, shadow people out of shadows, if you were in the right mindset. But then there are these paranormal theories, the ones that seem to resonate more with the people who have actually lived through terrifying encounters and feel strongly that the shadow people are more than just imaginary. Hollis, through her research and experience, apparently believes that shadow people are extraterrestrial in origin. In other words, they are aliens. Author and leading paranormal expert Rosemary Ellen Guiley appears to have had seen alien connection in this. She says, I discovered that many shadow people experiencers are also ET experiencers, especially abductees, Guiley told Psychology Today in an interview. So perhaps these beings are alien in origin, but others believe they may be ghosts, demons, or other kinds of interdimensional beings. According to Natalia Kuna, a psychic medium, shadow people are said to be conscious, intelligent, interdimensional beings that can shapeshift into various forms and figurations and move back and forth between dimensions. That sounds okay, right? But not so fast. Most reports on shadow people are overwhelmingly negative. Encounters with shadow people tend to be accompanied by a feeling of dread, according to many reports. And sorry, but the glowing red eyes are decidedly unchill. But there are allegedly different types of shadow beings, and some of them are non-threatening. Most of the time, though, it's just dark and scary stuff. Apparently, there's one type of shadow person that is said to be more demonic in nature, and that's known as the Hat Man. And it's reportedly seen wearing a top hat and a suit, 
Other times, shadow people have been reported to attempt a physical attack during sleep paralysis. Shadow people are sometimes discovered by a person who wakes up to find them trying to choke or suffocate them, said Hollis in an interview with Coast to Coast AM. Overall, I'm not feeling super great about the whole shadow person business, but I guess we have to live with the knowledge now. You can bet I'll be surrounding my bed with protective crystals, of course, and I think that we can all agree that we'll be feeling an extra twinge of fear the next time we see something slightly shadowy in our peripheral. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. NASA finds hidden portals in Earth's magnetic field. A portal is considered a shortcut, a guide, a door into the unknown, but portals as we know them are only present in sci-fi movies, right? Well, according to scientists, it turns out that portals actually exist. And not only that, NASA has funded researchers at the University of Iowa to figure out what was going on with them. We call them X-points, or electron diffusion regions, explains plasma physicist Jack Scudder of the University of Iowa. They are places where the magnetic field of Earth connects to the magnetic field of the Sun, creating an uninterrupted path leading from our own planet to the Sun's atmosphere 93 million miles away. It's a shortcut worthy of the best portals of fiction. Only this time, the portals are real, and with the new signposts, we know how to find them. In the last couple of decades, science, or better said, mainstream science, has tried to adapt to numerous claims, features, and characteristics that have previously been considered as unacceptable. Breakthroughs and countless discoveries have altered science as we know it like never before. While many researchers reject new ways and new concepts, other researchers around the globe are embracing the fact that in order for science in general to advance and make even bigger breakthroughs, we must let go of the strict dogmas set into place decades ago. The reality has proven to be very complex, that the ability to change our perception of life, our planet, solar system, known physics, and the possibilities of alien life. While many of these subjects have been part of the countless conspiracy theories, people on Earth have come a far way in the last decade in our quest to understand the secrets of the universe. It turns out that there are hidden portals in our planet's magnetic field. Scientifically speaking, a wormhole is a hypothetical feature in space-time that primarily acts as some sort of shortcut through the universe. This has been featured in numerous science fiction movies and accepted as a possible way of travel of advanced extraterrestrial beings, which science tends to be split in their op opinions on this matter. While many believe wormholes, portals, and shortcuts in the cosmos are most likely possible, others firmly reject that notion, saying it's all part of science fiction. 
Interestingly, science fiction has made numerous new technologies a possibility. Things that were considered as science fiction half a century ago in today's world are a reality. Speaking about portals, it's called a flux transfer event, or FTE, says space physicist David Seibach of the Goddard Space Flight Center. Ten years ago, I was pretty sure they didn't exist, but now the evidence is on, uh, is hard to dismiss. An example of how science fiction turns into a possibility of a discovery NASA made in the Earth's magnetic field as they have discovered that there are hidden portals there. In fact, there are certain areas in Earth's magnetic field that are connected with our sun's magnetic field, meaning that this allows for an uninterrupted path that leads from the Earth to the sun. In order to make the discovery, NASA used its Thema spacecraft, which examined the phenomenon. According to NASA, the strange portals open and close several times a day. Strangely, UFO hunters have claimed for years that our sun is part of a, gi of a gigantic stargate used by the gods at one time, or highly advanced extraterrestrial civilizations to travel across the universe rapidly. According to research, the portals NASA discovered are mostly located tens of thousands of kilometers from Earth, and some of them are small, while others are gigantic, vast, and sustained. According to scientists, these portals transfer massive amounts of magnetically charged particles that originate in the sun. There are more unanswered questions. Why do the portals from every, form every eight minutes? How do magnetic fields inside the cylinder twist and coil? Magnetic portals are invisible, unstable, and elusive. They open and close without warning, and there are no signposts to guide and Dr. Scooter, University of Iowa stated. Now, if you remember the most recent onslaught of Marvel movies, for example, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Captain Marvel, they show these strange portals that open up for a few minutes and enables them to go from one point to another in uh, nano speed, essentially. Uh, I think that Marvel has slowly been sliding that reality into the world as we know it and see it to make it more acceptable, more plausible because it's there naturally it's there it has been there for centuries and we're just now figuring it out are the aliens us? UFOs may be piloted by time traveling humans a new book argues the great distances covered by visiting aliens may be ones of time rather than space. Unidentified flying objects have captured the public's attention over the decades. As exoplanet detection is on the rise, why not consider that star-hopping visitors from afar might be buzzing through our friendly skies by taking an interstellar off-ramp to Earth? On the other hand, could those piloting UFOs be us, our future selves that have mastered the landscape of time and space? Perhaps those reports of people coming into contact with strange beings represent our distant human descendants returning from the future to study us and their own evolutionary past. The idea of us being them has been advanced before. But a recent book, Identifying Flying Objects, 
a multidisciplinary scientific approach to the UFO phenomenon. Masters Creative LLC 2019 takes a fresh look at this prospect, offering some thought-provoking proposals. The objective of the book, Masters said, is to spur a new and more informed discussion among the believers and skeptics alike. I took a multidisciplinary approach in order to try and understand the oddities of this phenomenon, Masters told his interviewer during the time of the uh, book release as it was announced. The idea of us being them has been advanced before, but my book has opened up an entirely new discussion for this. Our job as scientists is to be taking and asking big questions and try to find answers to unknown questions. There's something going on here, and we should be having a conversation about this. We should be at the forefront of trying to find out what it is. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet. This tragic story was, was shared with me from Brian Ellis of Expedition Bigfoot. Richard Stevens, a 13-year-old boy, was killed last Tuesday in Knott County, Kentucky. Brian had been following the stories, trying to stitch together the evidence to make some sense of it all. The boy was staying at relative's house and a familiar, very familiar with the area. He was playing in the backyard and a relative called 911 at 6 p.m., last Tuesday evening, saying the boy was being attacked by a canine-type creature. First responders on the site at 6.30 p.m. They made it after the 911 caller director directed them up the mountain behind the house. They had difficulty getting up the mountainside because of the steep, slick terrain, but found the boy was dead 300 to 400 feet straight up the rain-slick mountain. State troopers reported something is out there, coroner had confirmed that the boy was killed by a canine-type creature, but couldn't identify what it was exactly. The latest reports are still listed as canine creature. There have not been any wolves in Kentucky for decades. A full-grown 40-pound coyote couldn't drag a 100-pound dead body up a mountainside. There are no mountain lions in Kentucky. A feral dog, or even several feral dogs, could not drag a 100-pound dead body up a mountainside, nor could a bear. The coroner has determined the cause of death to be a canine-type creature once again. The funeral was on Friday, and Brian had communicated with the relative to go set up a GoFundMe page, and three different reporters, all at the same time, had said canine creature. The coroner has had ample time to test the DNA. Known animals would be easily identified, but they aren't saying what it was that killed this poor boy. A bear or a mountain lion are the only two animals 
that Brian knows of that could kill a human and have the strength to drag him up 100 yards up a rain-slick mountainside. But it wasn't a bear or a mountain lion. Coroner said that the canine creature killed him. The authorities are asking neighbors to be hyper-vigilant of their surroundings. If you want more information, Google 13-year-old boy killed by animal attack in Kentucky. The story will most likely fade to black with no official ID of the animal or creature that killed him. Brian has taken the liberty of copying and posting this to reply to the Dogman post. Follow Brian Ellis and Expedition Bigfoot and you will read more about this and you will understand why the Dogman topic might be more important than the possibility of a Bigfoot attack. Ezekiel and the Strange Beings. Who were they exactly? The prophet Ezekiel was a Jewish priest who lived in Chaldea. He claimed he was contacted four times during a 20-year period, beginning about 593 B.C., by man-like beings who came to Earth in a fiery chariot. NASA rocket engineer Joseph Blumrich believes Ezekiel was probably the world's first UFOologist, describing in detail the strange beings that confronted him and their craft. Ezekiel's writings, of course, can be found in the Old Testament. In this book, The Space Beings of Ezekiel, Bontem, New York, 1974, which was published, Blumrich reinterprets Ezekiel's observations to produce an engineering analysis of the fiery chariot described in the Bible. Like I mentioned earlier, seeing a UFO at that time in the history of mankind, one would compare it to a wheel, a wheel in the sky. Uh, no one would at that time know what a saucer was or a disc or even a uh, cigar-shaped vehicle in the sky. They would equate it to a wheel. Incredibly, that analysis found that the object Ezekiel encountered could be built today. NASA, the author points out, holds patents on atmospheric reentry vehicles closely designed after the object Ezekiel reported. In the Bible, Ezekiel writes, He watched a stormy wind descend from the north, fire flashing forth continually, and within it he saw the likeness of four living creatures, each with four wings and a pair of human hands. Now, sounds a lot like uh, winged creatures, humanoids that could be close to what we think of as the Mothman or perhaps gargoyles or uh, any other type of winged cryptid. Bloomrick interprets this to mean four landing legs, possibly, each with four-bladed helicopter and mechanical arm attachments supporting a, a uh, spacecraft body. Ezekiel was able to positively identify only one feature of the object, the wheels, one at the bottom of each leg, which were capable of moving in any direction. Author Bloomrick believes Ezekiel's observation, a wheel within a wheel, describes a technique for locomotion. The U.S. space program incorporated into vehicles designed to operate on the surface of other planets. Ezekiel describes the wheels he saw as light greenish blue and the body of the object as resembling rock crystal or terrible ice, as suggesting 
uh, to Bloomrick that the prophet was seeing a shiny surface, the same shiny surface described in thousands of present-day UFO sightings. From the object, the Bible tells us, emerged the appearance of a man who had been seated upon the likeness of a throne. Ezekiel refers to the being as the glory of the Lord, rather than the Lord himself, Bloomrick points out. The author believes the likeness of a man described by Ezekiel was a spacecraft commander who wore a gold or brass colored suit and demonstrated for the prophet his ability to fly from his craft to the ground. Then taken for a ride on the craft, Ezekiel described the experience with the words, the spirit lifted me up. According to Bloomrick's interpretation, and when they landed, seven men received the commander. One of them said, I have done as thou didst command me. Three more times over the following 20 years, Ezekiel described the same craft, and after each encounter, the prophet described the experience with the words, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and the Spirit took hold of me, or the Spirit lifted me up. Bloomrick speculates the prophet may have been describing a hyphonic influence and teleportation, possibly. He also theorizes that the UFO began its descent after separating from a larger UFO at 220 miles in altitude. A brief firing of its rockets enabled the craft's helicopter-like blades to descend the rest of the way and maneuver for a landing. The author believes Ezekiel witnessed this phase of the flight and the prophet mistook the rockets blasting for lightning and the helicopter blades for rushing wind. The author believes Ezekiel was chosen for an encounter because he was a priest and occupied a leadership role among his people. Based on Ezekiel's observations, Bloomrick believes that speculated the ETs were studying humans and ex, um, exerated the intellectual influence of the development of human civilization through the priest Ezekiel. Police can't find cause of demonic sounds at a Colorado restaurant. Imagine you're in a fast food restaurant at 3 a.m. Yes, you're probably drunk and or hungover. You hear someone screaming and making demonic sounds. Do you, A, check to see if they're coming from you? B, ask for your Happy Meal to go on Run Like Crazy? Or C, wait for the police to show up because this is the most fun you've had at 3 a.m. in ages. Now, let's say you're an employee at the same fast food restaurant at the same ungodly hour when you hear the same ungodly scream. Do you A, quit and run, B, make the new kid check it out, or C, wait for the police to show up because this is the most fun you've had at 3 a.m. in ages. Fortunately, the staff at a McDonald's in Pueblo, Colorado, chose another option, which is why we have an unofficial record of this mysterious incident. February 13th. PPD watch. At about 3.30 a.m. this morning, officers responded to a business in the area of Pueblo Boulevard and Northern. Employees reported hearing a woman screaming and making demonic sounds to include speaking in strange language and barking. They were so unnerved by the sounds that they said they would not be going back outside their building until after the sun came up. 
Three officers searched the area but didn't come up with the, so- the source of the disturbance. Pueblo Police Captain Tom Rummel gave his report on the department's Twitter feed, where it was picked up and reported by the Pueblo Chieftain and Crickets. There have been no other reports as of this writing of any of these or other demonic screams at this McDonald's. What could have created sounds so horrifying that the employees, after even getting an all-clear from the cops, refused to enter or, sorry, exit the building until daylight. Was it an ill woman, as some suggest, a prankster, or something more sinister? Pueblo is an old, old West city with many reasons to be haunted. The Fort Pueblo Massacre that occurred on December 25th, 1854. Oh my God, that was Christmas in 1854. That's awful, a massacre. Was a retaliatory attack by native Muach UTs over the killing of one of their own that resulted in the deaths of 15 men, one woman from the fort. The city had a number of orphanages and an insane asylum now called the Colorado Mental Health Institute at Pueblo, which are traditional magnets for ghosts and screams. And the great flood of 1921 caused the deaths of over 1,500 people in the town. However, there's also the possibility that this is one of those apparitions that seem to like McDonald's restaurants. William Morgan died under mysterious Freemason-related circumstances in 1826 in Lewistown, New York, and his ghost was heard rattling chains at a McDonald's on the location that was once a Masonic temple. The appearance of a mysterious giggling girl haunting the restrooms of the Idabal, Oklahoma McDonald's and the occasional flushing with no one around incidences caused one employee there to quit without notice. The McDonald's in Cairo, Texas is built on the site of a gas station where a child was tragically run over and killed and a mechanic was crushed to death under the car lift of the same McDonald's causing both of their ghosts to haunt the restaurant now that it's there in place of the old gas station. If you're looking for screams, a McDonald's in Colorado Springs, just up the road from Pueblo, is haunted by the spirit of a Native American who is heard walking and rattling keys, and screams have been heard in the kitchen. Rumor has it the restaurant is built on an ancient burial mound. Special thanks to the Weak and Weird for these stories. The last Colorado tale makes one wonder if the McDonald's in Pueblo might also be built over a Native American graveyard, another frequent source of ghosts and scary sounds and incidences. Is anyone interested in checking? If you ask the employees, the answers are probably A, no, B, hell no, and C, you first. Would you? Investigating the link between the Shadow Man phenomena and the terrifying Hat Man visitations. If the countless online accounts of paranormal investigators have taught us anything, it's that there's no shortage of terrifying supernatural entities to fear. With the internet's recent obsession with black-eyed kids and the Shadow People visitations, you might not notice another paranormal phenomena that's quickly becoming part of the paranormal pulp culture consciousness. The Hat Man. 
Shadow Men weren't really thrown into the paranormal spotlight till around 2001. And that was all thanks to the world's most prolific paranormal radio personality, Art Bell. Anyone unfamiliar with Art Bell, firstly, should be ashamed of themselves, and secondly, should go listen to every episode of Coast to Coast AM that you can get your hands on. I appeared on their program back in 2004, and that was a long time ago, but you might be able to find that in their archives. But, but on top of that, there are plenty of authors, bloggers, and investigators who would love to take credit for uncovering the mysterious Shadow Man phenomena. But their first real public mention goes back to April 12, 2001, when Art interviewed Thunderstrike's First Nation elder teacher and co-founder of the Deer Tribe Metis Medicine Society. During that episode, the pair talked at length about the topic of shadow people and even encouraged listeners to send their own drawings of the terrifying phenomenon. As it turns out, way more people than anyone could have anticipated were experiencing these frightening encounters. Over the years, these they've uh, there have been plenty of debates about whether or not these shadow people are good or evil, with many landing on both sides of the fence. Dead Files resident uh, physical medium Amy Allen has spoken quite publicly about her belief that shadow people are interdimensional entities that fall on the side of evil time and time again. Since the fateful episode of Coast to Coast AM aired, there have been countless stories, photos, and videos of shadow people uploaded. But what most people don't know is that while many were being tormented by shadow people, a select group were experiencing something similar, but just a little bit different. The Hat Man Syndrome. The Hat Man appears much in the same way that shadow people do, but unlike the phenomena that was made popular by Art Bell and Thunderstrikes, the Hatman encounters bear a few striking differences that set it apart. When he appears, often during the night, the Hatman is always seen wearing a wide-brimmed hat, and though most people are unable to make out any distinct facial features, he is usually described as a solid black mass, Witnesses are often unable to describe the hat man's lower body, as if he seems to float silently above the ground. One witness said, I saw a tall human-like figure. That figure looked like a man. The man was had no distinguishable features whatsoever. I could see no eyes, no nose or mouth, only blackness. He looked like a shadow, only darker, much darker. He had a very wide-brimmed hat and a long trench coat, that flowed as if as he moved, and he stood there for what seemed like an eternity. He then moved very slowly and without sound back into the hallway, just out of view. Tim Brown says from his writing of the man, the the uh, Hat Man Project. The phenomena seems to center around basements, and according to the experiencers, appears to manifest in situations of intense negativity and family dysfunction. In fact, many times, if one person in a household has started experiencing visits by the hat man, it's almost guaranteed that another family member will begin seeing the strange shadow man soon afterwards. Many who report experiences with the hat man believe that the entity has been present with them since their childhood. I myself have a very vivid and a long run-in with what I can describe as a hat man. 
As for my mem- as far as my memories go, I would also spot him in the same long hallway in my basement, usually paying me no attention whatsoever. I continued to have these harmless encounters for a year before he disappeared altogether, um, said one person from the Hatman Project in their retelling. All of a sudden, this black two-dimensional being appeared. It just walked right through the door. I was paralyzed with fear. I sat there looking at it and hoping it would not notice me because I was in a dark area. It stood for a moment, and I could see the very detailed contours of its form. It wore a derby, carried a briefcase and a cane, and it appeared to be dressed like someone on a business trip or maybe a traveler. At first glance, it's easy to want to clump the hat man into the same category as shadow people. But once you do enough research, you quickly discover just how many people are having their own truly unique experiences with this strange entity, to the point where there's no doubt that the hat man is a separate phenomenon altogether. Thanks to the internet age, Stories about people's paranormal experiences get passed around like wildfire, and it's easy to pass them off as being hoaxes or exaggerations, but I think many of us would agree that there has to be something strange happening if thousands of people are experiencing the same thing. We don't know exactly who the hat man is or what he wants, but one thing for certain is if you see him, you might want to start examining your relationships with the people in your house. Good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. You pay just 30 bucks for a month's supply. And right now, get your first online doctor's visit totally free when you go to 4 slash good. That's right, free. Zero copay, no expensive appointments, no awkward face-to-face conversations to get your prescription. Hims connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe your ED medication. And a pharmacy sends it right to your door. Hims makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4 slash good. That's 4 slash good for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash good. Family is big around here. We're family-owned, family-operated, family-managed. And that means legacy. That means dependability. That means using Granger. With over 1.5 million products and knowledgeable product experts, Granger has whatever we need. And with same day pickup and next day delivery options, they have it whenever we need it. For over 90 years, businesses like ours have trusted Granger. Because, like family, Granger's got our back. Call, clickgranger.com, or stop by to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This next story is unbelievable. When I saw the video footage of this, I could not believe what I was seeing. I had to watch it over and over again. A UFO bigger than Earth flying past the sun was spotted by NASA's observation mission. The development comes weeks after a camera at the International Space Station spotted an unknown cone-like object that was flying upward. NASA's stereo observation mission has spotted what fans of conspiracy theories said is a gigantic UFO flying past the sun. The incident itself occurred on the 29th of February, 
but the footage of it has posted just recently on the channel Hidden Underbelly 2.0, dedicated to the mysteries, events, and sightings. According to the host, Stereo's camera filmed the humongous object for four seconds, after which it turned off and began working only after the UFO had passed completely out of sight. This humongous object appears to be bigger than Mercury. It appears to be bigger than Venus. And it appears to be bigger than our own planet Earth. If you can tell this thing doesn't look like our space station in no way. It doesn't look like any satellite than any expert who has analyzed this video has ever seen. To be honest, when I first saw the footage, I thought of Ezekiel's wheel. If you're familiar with the story of Ezekiel seeing a giant wheel in the sky, at that time in human history, if you see a craft in the sky, some kind of an unidentified flying object, uh, the point of technology in that area and that realm was equivalent to the size and shape of a wheel. They didn't have saucers. They didn't have disks. They only had things that normally are in the sky to compare it to, which would be a bird. But to see a wheel in the sky kind of blew Ezekiel's mind, which is why that story is so significant. The host of the Hidden Underbelly refers to to a saying in the book of Ezekiel where the prophet spoke about a flying chariot or described as a wheel, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. NASA has not yet issued a response to this encounter, but the video footage is available and it is connected to the space station observation. And it is out there. You've just got to look for this. Google UFO bigger than Earth on Google search, and you'll be able to find this and see it for yourself. It is truly mind-blowing. Well, this should whet your appetite. Right now, NASA has confirmed, or openly discussed, not necessarily confirmed, ancient alien city found on the secret dark side of the moon in different NASA images. This week marks 50 years since man landed on the moon. But was something there before us? 50 years ago this week, Man first set foot on the moon. Neil Armstrong, whom I was named after, Neil, of course, but he spelled it N-E-I-L, I'm N-E-A-L. Neil Armstrong won the space when he stepped out onto the lunar surface and declared, that's one small step for man, one giant step for mankind. Sorry, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. He was joined by fellow astronaut Buzz Aldrin as the pair spent several hours walking the surface of the moon. Michael Collins, who was also part of the mission, remained in the command module while it was in, still in orbit. The Apollo 11 mission took off from Kennedy Space Center in Florida on July 16, 1969. It took the crew eight days to reach their destination. Eight days from the Earth to the moon. And the rest, of course, is history. Images and footage of the historic moment were beamed around the globe, mankind's first glimpse at lunar life. Since then, a raft of conspiracy theories have sprung up about whether or not the moon landing was faked. But one of the most unusual ideas is that on the dark side of the moon, not visible from Earth, lies an ancient alien city. 
NASA images of the dark side of the moon have fueled the belief that Earth's nearest neighbor is hiding an amazing secret. Some of the pictures show square-shaped rocks and alien hunters have claimed they could be buildings. They had they add the structures that look to have been abandoned millions of years ago, which has led them to believe a tragic incident is the reason aliens no longer live on the moon. Scott C. Waring wrote about his wild theory on the ET database. The conspiracy theorist said, the objects seem to be very reflective, but have dark black areas that have a lot of right angles and appear to be structures. Some of the objects were white reflective roofs or buildings that had openings that allow ships to come in and go. Some of the ships in those structures are hanging halfway out, which makes me think some tragic event happened that stopped them from existing fully. Scott even believes the ancient city could have once included a port. Other conspiracy theorists claim to be certain that alien life still lives on the moon. Over the years, they claim to have spotted pyramids and other monuments similar to that. And some of the things that go bump in the night, our buddy Neil Parks from Circleville, or I'm sorry, from Chillicothe was here uh, just about a week ago. And in over the last couple of years, he's, he's given us like the lowdown on some serious haunted areas and, and different mythological creatures that people are talking about. So uh, by popular demand, I wanted to play a couple of these. And uh, here's Neil. Play cut two here, Rick. Uh, this is Neil telling a story about the Hillsborough mass murderer. Check this out. Well, there's allegedly a guy in uh, the Hillsborough area who was yeah. said to have killed 30-something people. And on his birthday every year, he reveals another victim. And that's what's keeping him out of solitary confinement. And allegedly, the sheriff's department in that area is keeping him in the jail itself, not in actual uh, populated prison. Because he's worked out a deal to where on his birthday he release, uh, releases the name of a new victim. And his property is said to be haunted by at least 17 victims. That, and he owned a uh, auto body shop, like a garage. And he was killing these people and burying them on the property of the garage and throughout different parts of, of the region. This supposedly happened in the 80s and he's still alive. And they're keeping him in the county... Uh, the sheriff's jail sale, essentially the prison there, not within uh, the right population currently. Yeah, that's the story I've heard. <laughs> I'd like. Can we call them and say, "Hey, is so and so there?" Because I'm going to find out what's going on, man. <laughs> yeah, why is that guy not in prison? Yeah. So that's the story of the Hillsboro mass murderer. Oh, okay. And this is our buddy Neil Parks. What'd you say, Rick? Cut three. One or three. Either one. All right, so yeah. this is uh, talking about the Moonville Tunnel here in Ohio. Check this out. Uh, the Moonville Tunnel. Uh, there are two places you can go in particular to get directions. I suggest getting directions to it online. It's a lot better. But there's one gas station. Uh, it's not open anymore, but back in the day when I would go there frequently, it was a Ma and Pa gas station that was very reminiscent of um, Captain Spaulding. When oh, would my there, God. So, really? oh, rest in peace, by you, the way. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I miss it. And and uh, you'd go, you'd get directions, and he'd be like, oh, there's a rusted bus down to the right, and then you got to take a left at the old tree that's been burnt out, and there's a dead bird in there. It was kind of like <laughs> get directions like that. Sure. But the legit gas station, 
that is there and operates frequently, they give really good directions. In fact, they have uh, little maps there you can take for free, and it will give you directions on how to get uh, to that area. I believe the name of the road starts with an R. God, I can't remember now. Uh, I never actually drove there myself. I always ride with people because I have terrible night vision, so uh, they normally drive at night. And when you go to this area, it's a tunnel that's been graffitied uh, out the wazoo. There's spray paint everywhere. Of course, people are putting um, spray paint and writing Hail Satan, but they spell it Satin. So, <laughs> Hail Satin, I, I, it does I not guess, have the same yeah, effect, not. guys. I like Satin. <laughs> yeah, Hail Satin. Hail so, Satin, me too. It's so soft. <laughs> yeah. So, you've got that and all these inverted crosses, just people screwing around, and then you've got local folks saying, oh, Satanists are up there meeting, but that's not So, it's kind of like the Mothman thing yeah, in that all, area. Like, a lot of local lore, Virginia. And there's a ghost of a lantern man that Ooh. walks up and down the tunnel who dies on the train track. He is said to be headless. Mm, gotta have my lantern man headless. Lantern man. All right, there you go. Neil Parks, one of our buddies that is a specialist when it comes to things that are all things paranormal in the state of Ohio and some mythological creatures when it comes to Bigfoot and things like that. We'll uh, hear from him uh, tomorrow. Talk about Bigfoot a little bit as we get closer and closer to Halloween. Next. Ghosts, aliens, UFOs, Bigfoot, parallel universes, angels and demons, time travel, cryptozoology, and so much more within the realm of the unexplained, the strange, and the out of this world. I'm your host, Neil Parks, award-winning author, screenwriter, researcher, and paranormal professional. Join me every week as I tackle hot-button topics within the paranormal realm. I'll share personal accounts, my research, and secondhand evidence. I will read excerpts and stories from my books and discuss my upcoming projects in the literary world. Documentaries, both on TV and the big screen, plus my independent film projects. Paranormally Speaking is both thought-provoking and entertaining. New episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in to Paranormally Speaking and prepare to be enlightened. Fortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But I'm happy to leave you with uh, food for thought, peace of mind. Many of us believe that we are witnessing the fall of the U.S. empire. Would a civilized country limit health care or food assistance for the poor? Would a civilized country leave crops rotting in the fields, destroy the educational system, target women and attempt to eliminate their reproductive rights while refusing to help the resulting babies from women who are forced to keep them. Abuse desperate immigrants, pretend to believe in Christianity while perverting and debasing its tenets, refuse to protect the earth from destruction. The world is watching. I'm Neil Parks, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Join us next time for more of the same, and I'll add something a little spicy next week. Thank you. Have a great weekend.